0: To build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. It's your host, Megan Huber. I am thrilled to be with you today because I am coming off of attending a live event actually right in my backyard here in Tampa, Florida. We live across the bay, so I don't have a Tampa address, but I am part of a mastermind that has a few hundred people in it. It is in the real estate investing category. Now, I do not have a background or a business necessarily as a real estate investor. However, as uh, someone who goes into education and coaching businesses to help them provide a more superior client experience and make more profits with retention and referrals, uh, it's super helpful to be in this mastermind because so many of the real estate investors there do have large, medium to large scale coaching and education businesses as an additional arm to their real estate investing business, which is why I'm in there. Whenever I tell people I'm in a real estate investing business, they go, oh, I didn't know you were in real estate. I'm like, well, I'm in real estate, but just in a different way. One day, one day, maybe they will turn me into a real estate investor. You know, Whenever you attend a live event, you're just so inspired and so motivated. You feel so positive afterwards. You've been just soaking in the energy of Being around people in person, I always say, and I think anyone listening to this would probably agree with me, that nothing compares to being in community face-to-face. Nothing compares to connecting with people, shaking someone's hand, giving someone a hug, having a meal together, and discussing things on a personal level to be able to go deeper and ask each other questions that we may not be asking ourselves or each other on a daily basis. You know, it can start to feel a little isolating, even though we may be talking to people on the phone or on Zoom every single day, Monday through Friday. And hopefully you're taking a day where maybe you're not having calls with people or you're not on Zoom with people so you can get some work done too. It's just not the same. And many times there are certain takeaways that you hear at a live event that just kind of rock you to the core and cause you to wake up to how you're really operating and showing you what you're actually capable of doing. So I love attending live events. I've always enjoyed live events. I have always loved hosting my own live events, hosting my own retreats. Uh, The uh, hotel where this particular event is held two times a year, it is the same hotel where Sean and I hosted our first bigger live event. Sean and I have hosted many, many, many small retreats over the years. In fact, I think we've hosted around 20 retreats, maybe a few more than that, either me by myself or Sean and I together with our clients over the years. I love it. Every time I host a retreat, I'm like, I I could do this three weeks out of every month. I just love it so much. And this is coming from someone who, you know, if I take a personality test, I am highly, highly introverted. I am more introverted than probably 98% of the people who take any type of personality survey. And I think we have to be very conscious and intentional about the labels that we're placing on ourselves. It has not been uncommon for me to say things like, I'm socially awkward. I don't know what to say to people when I'm in a big live event with hundreds or thousands of folks, and I don't know anybody. I feel so weird just going up to someone and trying to Uh, include myself into a conversation that's already happening. I don't know what kind of value I can provide these people. They're so much further along than me. You know, all the stories that we tell ourselves because of how we see ourselves and how we're talking to ourselves about ourselves, that was a lot of ourselves, right? So what I did this morning, I sat down and I reflected. Well, first I asked myself a question. I thought, huh, you know, I haven't always had, I've always had great experiences at live events. And I've also had many experiences where I didn't show up at a level 10 and showed up at like a level three or a level five. And for many of us, we think we're showing up at as the highest level of ourselves, but we're really not. And again, I've also been someone who came into live events thinking like like really dreading the networking part and dreading the getting to know people part and dreading the I've got to talk to a lot of people, and that can be very draining for me. And I got to tell you, the way I prepared myself for this event, I felt like a completely different version of myself at this event. So I sat down this morning and reflected on how did I work the room at this live event? Because if you're going to take the time to go to a live event... Yes, we are in programs and masterminds, groups, organization, private groups. We're going to live events because we want to get something out of it. Whether we want to get inspired, we want to get motivated, we want to get more information, we want to get potential clients, we want to get clients, we want to get strategic partners. Oftentimes when we are going into programs and into live events, we have a very one-track mind and it's all about us and it's all about getting. And I will be the first to raise my hand and say, oftentimes when I'm in a program in the past, when I've attended events in the past, my thought process has been very much about myself. It's been very much about me, me, me. Why am I going? What am I there to get? What can I get? What, what are my takeaways going to be? What am I going to walk away with? Who can I meet so that it can help me? And that is a very one-sided approach to being a a community member. It's a very one-sided approach to being a participant, whether it's at a retreat, a live event, or uh, in being in a program or being in any kind of community, you know, even your church community, free communities, networking groups, whatever you're part of. And that is something I've, I've very much been reflecting on about myself. You know, where can I make it, where can I put others first? Where can I have an other's, First mentality, and where in my life do I need to up my game in having an others first thought process, and others first motivation, and others first reason, and others first approach to how I am conducting my own self in every area of my life, especially when I am attending events. Right, so I wrote down three phases, and. 10 different items that I'm going to go through quickly here on working the room at a live event. So I've already shared with you what my tendency has been in the past. And whatever we're telling ourselves, whatever conversation we're having in our own minds about ourselves leading up to attending a live event, or the conversation we're having with ourselves about the stories we're telling regarding the other people in the room, that's how we're going to show up. So we get to choose who we are going to be. Uh, We get to choose the story that we tell ourselves in our minds over and over and over again leading up to the event and also while we're at the event. It's really about being more intentional. So let's dive into... The first phase of working the room at a live event, it is what I call the preparation phase, right? Because if we're just showing up and we're not preparing, you are going to show up as the default version of you. For me, that's the introvert. That is the person who feels a little socially awkward. It's the person who feels like she doesn't necessarily have as much to offer and give as everybody else in the room. She's the person who, Really nice and will smile, but maybe not really contribute to the conversation like she's capable of. She will show up as someone who's a little too self conscious about herself, thinking a little too much about how other people might be perceiving her. And that historically has been the story that kind of goes on in my mind. Now, I've had great experiences at live events, but imagine how that version of me. Or if you resonate with that, how that version of you is truly showing up for other people. Because I was always making it so much about me. So the preparation phase, I'm going to tell you exactly what I did leading up to this live event experience to get ready for it. Step number one in the preparation phase, I created a belief plan. Now, I do have a business partner that goes to this particular live event with me because I have a business partner on the agency side of what I do where we go into mid to large scale coaching and education programs and and do what we do, like I said at the beginning of this conversation. So what did we include in our belief plan? Well, the very first thing that we did is we listed out the specific outcomes that we desired. They were very specific, they were tangible, and they were measurable. So at the end, we would literally be able to check off a box and say, we met this or we didn't. And we had three of those. We had three of those outcomes. Once we determined what our outcomes were, our desired outcomes, We created a list of beliefs that supported us showing up as people where those three outcomes were more possible and probable. So we made, I I think it was about a list of 10 beliefs. I'm actually going to look in my phone here because I have the list in my phone. I took a picture of it so that I would have it and could review it. So, I'm going to just share with you what some of those beliefs were. And these were these I'm not saying that you need these beliefs. These were the beliefs that I needed to support my desired outcomes and these beliefs also support the version of myself that I desire to show up as. So, the first one is I can contribute and add value to people in the room. The second one, there are people in the room who genuinely want to see me grow. Every conversation will lead me towards uh, being fully booked. Everyone wants to talk to me in the room and get to know me. There are millions of dollars to be made in this room. Our $5 million consulting businesses in this room. I easily find something relatable with every person I meet. I always know what to say. There's something interesting about every person, and I'm excited to find it. So those were my personal set of beliefs that I prepared prior to going to the event. And then the third part of the belief plan was identifying uh, the feelings or the emotions that I wanted to feel leading up to the event and then being live at the event. And for me, typically that feeling I desire to feel is confidence. And I want to feel a calm confidence. So the feeling needed to create, needed to, well, the thoughts really needed to support the feeling and vice versa. So that was step one, create a belief plan before you go into the live event. And that was determine your specific, tangible, measurable outcomes you desire. I don't recommend more than three. Uh, What are the emotions or feelings that you will activate? And then what are the beliefs that I need to believe that are going to support me feeling the way I desire to feel? Step number two in the preparation phase is visualization. So I, this is something I've always done because it works really well for me. And I typically do this when I'm going to bed at night. And I'll also do it at other times. I I typically do it when I'm still lying in bed in the morning before I get up. And then I'll do it at night when I'm going to sleep. And then I'll do it intermittently throughout the day. I actually visualize myself walking through the lobby, having a conversation with people, sitting in my chair, uh, this particular event, I got to go up on stage a couple of times and I was hosting two different panels. I hosted a coaching and mentorship panel with people who have seven and eight figure coaching businesses and got to ask them a set of questions and do some dialogue with them. And then the second panel I hosted was a breakout room for women only. Uh, so I got to come up with the questions I wanted to ask them. Uh, so I visualized myself. If, you're ever, if, you, if you have a role to play at the live event, if you're speaking at the live event, I have visualized myself walking up to the stage, interacting with the other people. I visualized myself standing on the stage. I visualized what I was wearing. I visualized how my voice would sound. I visualized my hand motions. Uh, I visualized every aspect of me at that live event. So I took my mind into the future and put myself there before I was even there. So visualization... Is super powerful. I visualized my facial expression. So I, this is so, you know, I will crack jokes with people because it's, um, you can let people's guard down if you're, if you can insert some humor, but I tend to not just like naturally have a big smile on my face. If you know me, I hope you're laughing right now because I tend to have more of a serious thinking face on. And if you know me really well, you know, that when I have serious face, it's my thinking face. And you know that my brain is like thinking of all the things and it's like, it's just doing its thing. And then, you know, some people, you know, some people, I mean, we both know people who literally they have a natural megawatt smile on their face 24 seven. Like it doesn't go away. It's not like they're just smiling when something's funny. It's not like they're just smiling when they're laughing, but literally they have a smile on their face all the time. Okay. I don't always have a smile on my face. So I wanted to visualize my facial expression because sometimes I'm very unaware of my facial expression and people will come up to me and say, you don't have to be so serious. And I'm like, I didn't know that I looked so serious. Sometimes my facial expression can come across like, don't talk to me, don't come up to me. And I know that's not just a facial expression, that's an energy. So I also visualized the energy that I would exude in the room. I visualized people coming up to me. I visualized having conversations with people. I visualized giving people hugs. I visualized every aspect of myself at that live event. So that was step number two in the preparation phase. Step number three, the preparation phase, I went shopping. I literally went to a mall for the first time in, I don't know how many years. I don't know when the last time was I stepped foot into a mall to go shop for clothes for myself. I think the extent of shopping for me has been, Going to Target to get my child clothes because you know, your kids grow out of their clothes so fast. I just always shopped at Target for her because you were buying new clothes four months later. And any clothes that I have purchased in the last five to 10 years, honestly, it's probably been online. And we live in Florida, so it's a lot of dresses. And I didn't just want to wear a bunch of flowy dresses because I wanted to feel strong. I wanted to feel confident. I wanted to look good. I wanted to look fit. I wanted to look strong. And a lot of my dresses and dress preferences, they're they're a little bit more flowy. It's not really like showing off what I got working here, you know? And I work hard on this body, right? So I like to show it. I'm a 41-year-old mom married. I don't I care about what any dude is looking at me for. I don't even pay attention to that. But you know what? I want to feel freaking good. I'm going to feel confident. And I knew I was going to be on stage on day one. Well, guess what? I took my husband with me. Uh, because Sean is actually really, really good at picking out things that look good together. I'm horrible at it. I'm just, I'm not good at that. Maybe I need to change my belief around that, but I don't know what looks good on me. I need to get a personal shopper, uh, a stylist, image consultant, something. So I took Sean with me and I also like knowing what my husband likes me in. And, you know, somebody said to me the other day, well, dress for yourself first, dress for your husband second. I'm like, well, I can actually do both. I can do both because whatever my husband thinks I look good in, you know, I, I'm here for that, right? So I took him with me. We got, um, I got some brown, kind of like a faux leather pant that was pretty fitting. Not, not uh, like a legging, but it was a pant that had like flared out at the ankle. Super cute. Already had some high heel shoes that I wore. I got my nails done, right? That was part of the preparation. Got my nails done. And I had about a couple of tops that were a little uh, more form-fitting. One had a higher neck because I have a really long neck. So I do look better in like things that are high neck and like a three-quarter length sleeve, super cute, had the heel, visualized myself up there, um, got a couple of different shirts. Then Sean was like, oh, you totally got to do like a leopard belt, get a leopard belt and you just want that to pop. Also got myself some spanks, ladies. I needed the Spanx. So got the Spanx to wear under that. Wore the Spanx three days in a row. It was amazing. Although I felt a little stuffed in those, but outfit. Buy the outfit you feel confident in. Buy the outfit that really exudes you and your personality. The outfit is just the inner expression. It's the outer expression of how you feel about yourself on the inside. Well, I feel confident about myself. I wanted to feel approachable. I wanted to feel confident. I wanted to feel strong. I wanted to feel powerful. Not. Alpha female, but you get it, ladies. You get it. And so I did that. Preparation phase, step number four. I knew I was hosting two panels, which I said I spent about two to two and a half hours, maybe three, preparing for that. Now, all I had to do was stand up there for 20 minutes in the first panel, I think about 35 minutes for the second panel. And all I had to do was ask questions. I spent hours. On that hours, because I wanted to feel comfortable. I wanted to feel prepared. I wanted to ask very thought-provoking questions. And I wanted to ask questions that would be incredibly useful for the audience. So a lot of preparation for that. The other thing I'll say about being on the stage, even though I wasn't um, you know, I wasn't teaching my expertise as the only one on the stage necessarily. Uh, but this is something I learned years ago. I was reading a book by Brian Tracy. And this was back in 2011, so 12 years ago. And I don't remember the title of the book, but I remember the first paragraph in the first chapter, there was a sentence. It was the last sentence in the, that paragraph. It said, if you're the person standing in, a, in the front of the room, the audience automatically thinks that you are smarter and you're a better leader than everybody else in the room. And that rang true for me. That was... That is a very true experience that I had at this particular live event. So this is a a mastermind that I have only been a part of for about six or seven months. I have had two speaking opportunities on our mastermind calls on Zoom. So you do become a little bit more noticed when you're talking on Zoom and you're getting to share your expertise. But when you are at a live event in person, I don't care if it's three people in the room or 300 people in the room. If you are the person standing on the stage, people make certain, they have a certain perception of you because you're standing on stage. And again, I stood up there and asked the panel questions. The panel, they were really the ones talking. And I would would add some things in there too, so that it flowed really well. That created a lot of conversation opportunity for me. And it is creating uh, more of a leadership opportunity for me in this particular mastermind. And back in 2011, when I read that sentence in Brian Tracy's book, I was attending a lot of in-person networking events because I was just getting started as a business owner. And I remember noticing, huh, all these live events, all these little local events and all these local networking events I'm going to, the person standing at the front of the room is the only one getting business. And when I read that sentence, I said, that's why. So from that point on, I decided, well, I'm going to go speak in as many rooms that I possibly can. I'm not just going to attend to the networking events. I'm going to make sure I get a speaker spot at the networking events. And I would speak three to 10 times a month. And I was willing to drive up to three hours to get to a speaking engagement, even if that spot was only 10 minutes, as long as there were at least two people in the room. That built my whole business back in 2011, 12, and 13. I wasn't doing anything online. I wasn't doing the Facebook ads. I wasn't doing any of that stuff back then. It was all in person. And I believe that really rings true to today. doesn't mean we're not building businesses online. It doesn't mean you can't build your entire business by being online or having funnels go to things that you're selling. Go do those things. That works. There's a lot to be said about engaging with people in person and speaking in person and being in community with folks in person. It Is such a phenomenal way to grow your brand and to grow your business. Number five in the preparation phase, I made a list of people who I knew were going to be at the event that I wanted to meet and connect with and talk to. I also went a step further and I identified the value that I could provide to each one of those people on my list. And I thought through the different categories of options of how I could be of service to them outside of me trying to get them to work with me to provide my paid service. And I think that's really important in a room. Let's go into the next phase, which is the on-site phase. So you're at the event, it has begun. So this would be step number six, but is the first step in the on-site phase. Give, be a giver and determine how you can give to others prior to getting to the event. And then actually do it. Actually do it when you're there. So I made a list of what this could look like. Talk to people about themselves. Ask people questions about themselves personally before you even ask them questions about what they do for a living. Find out what someone else is looking for. Ask them what projects they're looking for, what connections they're looking for, ideas. What are they looking for? And see how you can provide them with some guidance there. Think of ways that you can give. Could you invite someone to be on your podcast? Can you uh, connect them with someone else who could be a really great strategic partner or even a client? Uh, Schedule a follow-up call with them just to give them value for free and help them out with something. You don't always have to get on a call to sell people. You can give kindness to others. You can give a compliment to other people. You can find out what gaps they have in their own business or life, and you can... Offer to uh, close that gap for them by them working with you, for sure. The next step in the on-site phase is schedule dinners with other people. Make it a point to, before you even get to the event, you could actually schedule some dinners with people. Once you're on site, if you don't have dinner scheduled with a small group of people, make that happen. Uh, We did that one night. I didn't have any dinners planned for Tuesday night. And one of the breakout rooms that I ran was a women's only breakout room. And in this particular mastermind, it historically has been 95% men and 5% women. And that's really shifting. And that has been very intentional with the leader of this this particular mastermind. So there were, I don't know, 40, 45, maybe 50. There could have been 50 people in the room out of 200, 200, probably 200 people. 200 to 250 people and maybe 50 of them were women. So we went from 5% to 25, 30% women in the room. We... We're so fired up as a group of women. We have so many ideas about what we could do as a collective group of women within the mastermind. We decided let's have a women's only dinner. And I think about 20, 20 to 25 women uh, showed up to that dinner. So we made that happen. This is where you have more intimate conversations. You can have more intimate conversations over a meal. So just really being in fellowship with people and you can get to know people so much better that way. The next step in the on-site phase is gratitude. Thank the staff. Thank the person who put the whole thing on. Uh, thank the staff who's in the back of the room. Thank the audiovisual people. Thank the assistants. Thank the door guys. Thank the merch people. Thank everybody. Because when it comes to putting on a live event, obviously the, the business owner and the leader, that's their team. They're all going to talk too. But express gratitude because it is. It is so it is so hard to put on a live event and execute a live event that runs smoothly. And it is, you know, probably nine months of preparation for that entire team kind of working around the clock to make that happen. So express thanks, express gratitude, and think of ways that you can give back to the team after the live event. The next step in the on-site phase is treat people the way they want to be treated. Really get to know others and watch other people's behavior and find out how they want to be treated. We're all different. I, I think it it goes beyond like treat others how you want to be treated because maybe not everybody wants to be treated the way I want to be treated. So find out, like look at the cues, look at facial expressions, look at their eyes, look at their behavior, listen to the tone of their voice. Um, you know, there were some people in the room who are extremely famous and well-known do they want people like constantly coming up to them and asking for a selfie? Like what what types of things do you say to those people? You know, they're no more special than anybody else in the room. And sometimes we look at people and we put them on a pedestal, but do they really want to be treated like someone who is better than everybody else? Do they want to be treated like they're on a pedestal? Maybe some people do, but the people that I was around at this event who are famous and well-known... They didn't come across like they wanted to be treated like they were not human beings. So treat other people the way they want to be treated. And then the last item in the on-site phase is listen for takeaways with an open mind. You know, don't go into a live event like you're a know-it-all. Don't go into a live event like you don't have anything to learn or... You know, you've heard all this before, but really go in with an open mind and an open heart and an open soul of where you can really elevate yourself. I had some incredible takeaways from this live event. And I'll tell you quickly, I'll have to do another podcast episode on this, but there was a guy who spoke. uh, I think he had 12 or 15 minutes, maybe only 10 minutes on the stage. And he shared a story about one of his clients and It was through the storytelling that he was showcasing to us how many of us who are seemingly successful, and we are successful on paper, but life, the majority of our lifetime, things have come very easily and naturally to us. We didn't really have to work that hard to create great results, even as a child, whether it was in school or sports or or what have you. And he said, most of us are operating at a level four, but we are producing level eight or nine results which is better than 99% of the human population, which means we are operating so below what we're capable of. And let's start operating at a level 10, which doesn't mean hustle and grind, but it's when you're doing something, like right now with this podcast, operate in the, the 30 minutes of this podcast, be a level 10, then go take a 10 minute break. My next call I have in six minutes, so I'm gonna have a short break, be a level 10 on that call. Don't be a level four. So what does it look like to be a level 10 in every area of your life in the moments where you are actively engaged in those particular activities? And then finally, two more things, your post phase, your post event phase, two items here. Number one, follow up with people. My husband and I talk about this all the time because I'm pretty good and I'm getting even better at building connections with people. And And kind of work in the room. That's something that I've really had to train myself to do. And I've really had to practice because I haven't always been great at that. And Sean was saying to me, you know, where you have such a big opportunity to elevate and increase and improve, it's in your follow through, not just your follow up, but your follow through. And he said, so you made all these great connections and what? Because those people aren't going to come chasing me. They're not going to come, you know, they're not going to come text me and say, hey, I want to work with you or, hey, I've got this for you or like, hey, can you help me here? Like people aren't going to do that. That's going to be up to me to move those conversations and opportunities forward. So it's going back and refreshing yourself on all the notes you took, all the contact information you took down because you probably wrote it or you got people's QR codes with their virtual business cards, or you put notes in your phone, or you put people's contact information here, there. I I have notes in four different places. I need to go back today, literally. I, I'm not going to wait, you know, within the first 24 hours, within the 24 hours of that event ending. Go back through, make a list of all the people you want to follow up with, and follow up with them within 24 to 48 hours. Because if I let the weekend go by, and then it's next week, the likelihood of me following up with people and feeling as energized about it then as I do right now or people really remembering who you were and what you talked about you know people are back working today they're going to they're going to forget about that that's going to be like in such a distant past next week so make that list and follow have a follow up game plan and a follow through game plan uh as soon as you get home and then, lastly, find opportunities to position yourself as a leader. So I'll tell you one of the things I'm doing. i I didn't know I was going to be hosting these two panels in the front of the room uh, until about three or four days before the event started. However, with the with the numbers in growth of the women in this group and just the chatter and conversation and how receptive the women were to the women's only panel, Every woman is asking for more of that within this group and I'm going to step up and lead that. I'm going to set up a conversation with the founder of the mastermind next week. We've already chatted about it at the live event and we're going to get something going. We're going to get something moving. We're you know, maybe it'll look like a once a month call that's women only. There's also a number of women, maybe maybe 8 to 10, maybe even more that I didn't meet at the live event. Could be 15 or 20 of women who actually live in or around this particular geographical area. And we're going to start getting together in person, maybe once a quarter or every other month and talk about what we want to talk about and what we want to discuss and opportunities to support one another and do business together. So look for ways that you can step in and lead something, even if it's small, it doesn't have to be huge, but find where you can do that because You will be seen differently, meaning you will be seen as a leader and someone who can create something versus just another person out of 250 people who just happened to be there, right? So look for that. All right. That's what I got. That's what I got today. I thought that would be super helpful, especially for those of you who may sometimes feel self-conscious or intimidated or introverted or socially awkward when you're attending live events like I have for most of my life. You can change that with changing your thoughts first. That's all I did here. So I hope you took some amazing notes. If you got incredible value or if you got any value from today's episode, I would so appreciate you sharing this out on your social media channels, sharing this with friends, family, colleagues, clients, uh, so that they can get value. The only way we increase our listenership is by you our incredible listener, sharing this out with other people. So share it out and be sure to tag me so I can see it and reshare it on my socials as well. Until next time, remember to design a business and life that is built to last. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.